God is indeed a good Father, and it's good to sing and celebrate that together, to worship together, uh, not just to watch people worship, but, but to truly worship with each other, because worship is the work of the people, whether you're together in a room or together online. In fact, church is the work of the people, you and me, us, together. Much of the New Testament in the Bible is written about what it looks like to work out, to live out our faith together. There's a a book in particular, the book of Ephesians, that was written by Paul to a young church in Ephesus about the implications of the resurrection on how they live together with each other. And if you had to boil it down, that that whole book of Ephesians, if you had to boil it down to one word, probably that word would be unity. Unity, not uniformity. There's a difference. But unity among the people who claim the name of Jesus Christ And getting into that book, into Ephesians, chapter 4 specifically is sort of an anatomy of Christian unity. So in keeping with the theme of this series of sermons, the work of the people, I want to share with you in just a minute uh, part of a conversation that I had with some members of this church, sisters, because I thought, who better for us to hear from when it comes to living with each other well than siblings. If you have a sibling or you have somebody who's like a sibling to you, you know what I mean. If you're going to learn anything about what it means to live together with somebody, it's going to be a sibling. But before we get to that interview by video, I want to share a passage from Ephesians chapter 4 that I hope will set the moment, set our focus for what we'll hear and hopefully what will be conjured up inside of us about what it means to live in unity. So I invite you to hear now Ephesians chapter 4, verses 29 through 32, and we're going to put them up on the screen as I read them out loud. And this is what it says. Don't let any foul words come out of your mouth. Only say what is helpful when it is needed for building up the community so that it benefits those who hear what you say. Don't make the Holy Spirit of God unhappy. You were sealed by Him for the day of redemption. Put aside all bitterness, losing your temper, anger, shouting, and slander, along with every other evil. And be kind, compassionate, and forgiving to each other 
In the same way, God forgave you in Christ. I meant. Jennifer T. Han and Margaret Sanchez, if you've been around the church for any amount of time, you may recognize those names or know them. I could name committees they serve on or areas in ministry where they lead, but probably just be easier to say, if the church is doing something to help or to serve, you will have seen them there participating. And um, along with Margaret, you would have seen her husband, Robert, Ruby, and Jade, But I wanted us to hear from them how they are experiencing their faith, growing and maturing and finding expression. So I want to invite you to watch this interview. Hey, Jennifer, Margaret, thank you for making the time to have this conversation with me about our scripture and about your faith. Uh, Would you start us out? Just take a minute and give us a little brief um, history of your background in the church. Um, sure. So we uh, actually were kids in the church. Um, I went to Shambly, and we have a new dog. Sorry. Um, I went to Shambly until I was six years old when we moved out of the area, but I went to the kindergarten there. Jennifer spent more time there growing up, and went, about 14 years ago, we decided, we, we because we do everything together, um, we decided that we needed to, we needed some something spiritual in our lives. We hadn't been attending church um, years for, for a long time. Yeah. So we visited a few churches and closer to where we lived, which was Norcross at the time. Um, and then we ended up, Jennifer one day said, you know what? I want to go back to Shambly. I want to, I want to see what it's like. And it was just like walking into home mm-hmm. again. Um, I think again, Jennifer spent more time growing up there, but there were still people when I was six who I still remembered. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it, yeah, it was just, they families become a second family mm-hmm. to us. Mm-hmm. Um, we've become friends with people who knew us as children. Yeah. Um, and it's just been a very, it's been a blessing in yeah. our lives being back at Shambly. People who are friends with our parents. Yeah. In faith class. Yeah. <laughs> It's really cool to see those relationships that uh, span even generations mm-hmm. and, and even to come back to them uh, in some sense. Yeah. So um, really the thing that spurred this idea for me for our conversation is um, I overheard you guys talking and particularly Jennifer, you said something that caught my attention. And so I'd love for you to give us some background on that, but, the line was more or less, you said uh, that you had decided that um, the biggest part of growing up is just learning not to be a brat. <laughs> and, and, and I think that has direct correlation to the scripture that we've read, but I was hoping you could give us a little background to how that conversation came about and particularly that line. Well, I want to say, first of all, um, be careful what you say in front of your pastor. Um, <laughs> it might get you on camera. <laughs> it might get you on camera. Um, no, so <clears throat> I don't even remember exactly how the conversation started, but we were in the car heading over to Whitney Johnson's hair salon to get haircuts. And um, whatever we were talking about just brought to mind um how bratty I was as a kid um, and in ways that I'm kind of still a little bratty. Um, And so in my over the top exaggerated way of saying things, I said, well, 
I guess growing up is uh, part of growing up is learning how not to be a brat. Um, so, so now that, bra- being a brat can mean different things to different people. Yes. You use a, what do you think of, or what were you thinking of when you made that comment? Well, I think at the basis of it is learning not to be self-centered, um, learning um, not to be <laughs> overly selfish and um, empathizing with people, treating them the way that you would like to be treated. Um, you know, learning that that your um, perspectives, your ideas, your opinions, while important, are not the only valid ones <laughs> out there, and and learning to listen to other people that you might not disagree that you might not agree with. Um, respect having respectful conversations, I guess, with people that um, of different backgrounds and different ideas, different perspectives. Um, Handling, so like like learning to be able to do that. Yeah, learning to be yeah. able to do that. Handling conflict in a way that that um, doesn't escalate issues, but instead you know de-escalates them. Um, not not if you're um, you know, having an argument with someone, like not returning like for like. You know, trying to calm things out. So that I guess that's the gist of what I was talking about. But I'm sure when you made that comment to Margaret, she immediately said, oh, no, 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 no. You were never a, a brat um, and, and aren't even to this day. Yeah, I know. Well, you know, she loves me. I do. She, she I doesn't do. see my flaws, you know. <laughs> even my parents are like, oh, no, you weren't a brat. I'm like, well, I think you just don't remember a lot of these things that I'm remembering. But, that, you know. But I think well, and. Oh, well, so I was telling the I was telling Jade and Ruby what we were doing today, and and um, they asked what the what it was about, and and I said it was about you know learning how not to be a brat, or you know as, as you get older, and they're like, well, we're not brats. <laughs> and Jade and Ruby, I think actually is like, well, yeah, sometimes I'm a brat. <laughs> right? We've, we've never called you that, so we're, <laughs> and we're not going to. Um, but I think you know, as a parent, especially as a new parent, um, of having adopted children who could already talk and had very strong opinions and had a different background than, than we did. Um, I think that part of what I've learned more about interactions with people and, you know, handling my own emotions, um, and trying to do better comes from me trying to be a role model for them. Um, in terms of, you know, helping them understand their feelings, validating their feelings, but helping them um, experience them in a way that's healthy and not destructive for, and I don't mean physically destructive, but just destructive for relationships. Um, and I think that I've had to learn more about relationships, mm. not learn more. I mean, it's, it's something that kind of just happens organically, I guess, but because I'm actually, you know, Robert and I are trying to be good role models. Um, we're trying to help them learn how to interact with people in a positive way. And so you think about it differently. Um, you, we have, we all have the way we were raised and, you know, we didn't talk about our feelings, um, very easily growing up. Um, we knew when we, when the other person was angry and especially like when we lived together as adults, um, we knew when to just kind of step away. And, and if, if something got to be 
if, an, if a discussion got a little too heated, we might back off and let and, and cool off. And sometimes there's a there's sometimes that's a good thing to do, but other times you actually it's it's more helpful to confront an issue as opposed to just mm-hmm. stepping back and letting it yeah. um, dissolve on its own or, or mm-hmm. getting over you know getting yeah. over a problem on on your own. Yeah, but the trick is learning how to to handle that conflict in a healthy way. Right, and I think for me also um, just again kind of going back as a parent, um, understanding that as a parent you can make mistakes. You can mm-hmm. lose your cool. It's okay, but you have to own up to it. You have to take responsibility for it and you need to model apologizing um, mm-hmm. to your children because they they need to see that, it, that adults can make mistakes and they can learn from it as well because this is a journey. You're, you're no, no one's ever not gonna stop being a brat at times. <laughs> Yeah. Um, that's because it's a, it's a journey. And if you're tired and you're hungry and you've just, you're at your wits end, n- recognizing that in yourself and knowing that maybe you need to step back and maybe ask for help from someone else and take over to take over for you. You know, that's, you need to, you need that self-care too. Yeah. Um, but I think apologizing is too often seen as a weakness. hmm um, mm. taking responsibility and acknowledging mistakes mm-hmm. is too often seen as a weakness and, and, and showing that vulnerability. Um, but that I think is what's missing now. People who mm. feel like they know all the answers and who aren't willing to listen, mm-hmm. like we've talked about and who aren't willing to accept that they make mistakes. Yeah. And, and it takes courage to do that. And that's something that we've tried to talk to the girls about that, like vulnerability mm-hmm. sh- takes courage. Yeah. It's not, it's not showing weakness. Yeah. And it, it, when you bring that up, Jennifer, it, it makes me think, and I mean, we've already had uh, sort of a preliminary conversation, but you mentioned to me that one of the places that you feel like you've seen this kind of kindness and compassionate behavior is in the church. Yes. And, and I would, I would love for you to say more about that if you would be willing, just how you feel like you've seen that in the church. Um, well, you know, just be getting involved, getting to know people in the church and the, the wonderful, just the wonderful people that make up Shambly, um, almost like the parent modeling to the child, um, how you should act and and how not to be a brat. Um, I I guess I've seen that same thing modeled in the people that I've met at Chambly, just the compassion they have for each other, um, for people in the community, the kinds of things that they, they, they feel strongly about um, the Thanksgiving food drive, um, the, the angel tree, just, and I'm not trying to, to minimize it to just giving people things, but, um, but it, I have seen a lot of love in this church, and that is what I love about it. Um, and I love everyone in it. Um, I may not always agree with everyone in it, but I feel like that um, I, I've, even in difficult times, I feel like we do have a basic unity here um, and just um, a love for one another. I, I want to um, give you an opportunity to sort of have a last word. Is there anything that related to this topic, um, the scripture or just the the conversation in that particular comment that kicked us off? Is there anything that 
we haven't covered that um, you'd like to add or um, anything you'd like to share with your congregation around this topic before we sign off? Well, I, I have to admit when you wanted us to talk about this, I kind of felt bad that I used the word brat because <laughs> it seems so judgmental and I didn't really mean for it. I, I mean, it was just like an off the cuff comment. I'm like, oh, um, Margaret understands it, but is, is anyone else going to think, oh gosh, she's kind of judgy. <laughs> um, but but I guess I, what I want to say, though, is that, you know, saying that came from the perspective of me recognizing that I'm going to be a lifelong learner of how not to be a brat. Um, and that, you know, I'm always going to struggle with tendencies that I'm right now calling bratty. Um, but I hope that I'll take responsibility for for those situations when maybe I shouldn't, I, I acted in a way that I shouldn't have and, and that I'll never stop learning and hopefully growing from that. So that's all I wanted to say. I'm sorry if anyone's offended. <laughs> I don't, I'm not convinced that if, if it wasn't part of the vernacular back then, Paul might not have just said the same thing to the <laughs> church in Ephesus. Y'all just don't be brats. Right. <laughs> I think that's kind of what he described when he said to put that kind of stuff aside. Yeah. And I think for me, I'm going to go back to the parenting thing because that's just kind of front and center in my life right now. Um, there's a podcast that I used to listen to a lot. I don't as much, um, but it's called, it's called How to Talk to Your Kids About Anything um, with Dr. Robin Silverman. I just want to give her a plug if anyone's interested in listening to him. Um, but she always ends her podcast by saying that parenting is the ultimate do-over. Um, every new day is different. Kids are so forgiving and they're so resilient. And, and so every new day you can start anew and, and remember what happened yesterday and learn from it. And I think that that can be expanded to just life, life in general. Yeah. Every, every minute, every day, you have an opportunity to change how you, you, to change how you react to something, to choose to be better, mm. to choose to, to be stronger or more, more open, more vulnerable. Um, you, you have a choice. And I think that's something that people, they think that maybe they've burned a bridge, but mm. it yeah. doesn't have to be that way. So. Amen. Oh, man. Thank you. Thank you both for sharing your perspective and um, your story. And uh, I know that it's going to be good for our church to have heard from you today. So thank um, you for having us. Thank you. Yeah, I, I appreciate Jennifer and Margaret for being good sports and being willing to do that. Neither one of them was terribly excited about being on camera for their church. You maybe can relate to that. But uh, I mean, I think they touched on something deep. And, uh, and I think it's in the scripture because it's something universal and something about humanity. And, and I think this virus has exposed a pandemic in our culture. We've lost the ability to have unity. with people that we may not see eye to eye with. And God help us when that pandemic creeps into the church, when the church begins to model herself after the culture 
where we go to our corners. And, and this was just a, a snippet of that interview. I, I recommend a conversation with Jennifer and Margaret if you can pin them down. They had a lot more wisdom to share about the subject. But, but it's in the scripture. Set aside the bitterness and the slander. The meanness. And yeah, I think that's what Paul's describing, the brattiness. We use that word a lot of times to talk about children and reserve that kind of conception for children. But God bless us. We just figure out how to do it in more sophisticated ways as we get older. But the word and the concept still applies. And Paul calls the church to unity, which means setting that aside in favor of kindness and compassion and forgiveness. And this is the work of the Holy Spirit. This is what makes the Holy Spirit of God happy and joyful when we live together with each other in that way. And it is indeed supernatural because left to ourselves, like we said in the interview, we'll, we'll tend toward the brattiness. But God does something else, something miraculous in us and through us by the power of the resurrection of Jesus Christ and the presence and activity of God's Holy Spirit in our lives, we find a way to be kind to each other and compassionate toward one another and to live in unity with each other and to be forgiving, to look beyond our faults and our mistakes and to work through them together in love. And that is our witness to the world. That is where the church the people of God begin to turn that influence the other direction. And it's going to happen in small ways. And it's going to happen one-on-one -on -one and in conversations and in relationships. That will infect our families and our community. And by the power of God, the world. So that God's kingdom would come. May that be our witness. And start here. In shambling, in big ways and small, as we live out our faith together. So we're going to finish our time together this morning singing one more song to worship God. We're going to have an opportunity to give an offering as we sing. We've made ways that you can do that virtually. You can do it digitally. Um, you can text your gift. You can go to our church's website and give. If you brought something in the room to give as we sing this last song, these baskets are up here so you could bring your offering and put it here. But I want to invite you to let this last few minutes that we spend together be a time of reflection for you with God about your place in unity in the church. We pray that with me. Oh God, may we be unified. This was the prayer of Jesus in the garden before he was arrested. And this is our prayer with him today, that we would live in love with each other, characterized by kindness and compassion and forgiveness, because God, you forgave us. Oh God, if you have forgiven us in Christ, what is there that we can't forgive one another for? God, you showed us the way. And Jesus, may we follow his way together today. And we pray in the name of Jesus. Amen.